Hi, and welcome to the Writing and Marketing Show brought to you by author Wendy H. Jones. This show does exactly what it says on the tin. It's jam-packed with interviews, advice, hints, tips and news to help you with the business of writing. It's all wrapped up in one lively podcast, so it's time to get on with the show. And welcome to episode 129 of the Writing and Marketing Show with author, entrepreneur, Wendy H. Jones. As always, it's a pleasure to have you join us, even though the weeks seem to be flying past amazing speed. So today we're going to be talking about uh, changing publishers. Now, that's something that seems to happen a lot. But we never ever speak about it or the processes. So I thought I would discuss it today because if you're thinking of looking for a new publisher, this will help you. And I'm going to be talking to Val Penny, who writes uh, the Edinburgh Crime series, but she is um, also recently changed publishers. So before that, what's been happening in my life? Well, life as always is crazy busy. I've been at book signings uh, three days in a row and that was manic. I did extremely well. I Listen, I thought people wouldn't be buying books because um, of the issues with the economy. But it would appear that people are still buying and enjoying books and they're buying them for themselves or buying them for gifts. I had someone buy my entire series, uh, signed copies of it. So, you know, things are still happening. So it's worth getting out there and going to book signings. I've also had a couple of days in Edinburgh. Um, I spoke at Noir at the Bar um, and that was lovely. I really enjoyed that. It was lovely to see uh, the the fantastic Dr. Jackie Noir, Jackie Collins, also known as Dr. Noir. And she was uh, in full fettle as always. And it was lovely to see some other fabulous authors there like Olga Wojcic, if I've got her name right, it'll be a miracle, and Leslie Kelly. Um, And to see them was phenomenal because I haven't seen them all for a couple of years. So it was really nice to see them again. Getting out and about is good. While I was in Edinburgh, I took the opportunity to go to the Rare uh, Manuscripts Reading Room at the National Library of Scotland. And that was phenomenal. I have to say it was amazing. Getting your hands on newspapers that were from the day when my character was actually out there and was there in Edinburgh. And as my character was a real person, it blew me away the fact that he may have held that very copy of that paper and I was holding it nearly 200 years later. Now, I'm not saying he did hold it, but hey, I'm an author and I write fiction, so we're allowed flights of fancy. But even so, the first um, ever episode of that um, audition, should I say, of that paper came out in December 1834 when my character was in Edinburgh. And to think that he may have read the first one and now I was reading the first one. Phenomenal. But I also learned a lot from it. It wasn't just for that. I learned a lot from the newspapers and magazines I looked at because I was able to see things about the political and social um, situation um, at the time in Uh, what was then called the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland because Northern Ireland had joined in 1801. So I think it was called Ireland, not Northern Ireland. Sorry, I'm I'm telling lies there. Ireland had joined in 1801. So it was the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland. And uh, it was phenomenal to be able to... um, to do that and uh, I enjoyed the experience very much 
um, looking at these rare manuscripts. So I can highly recommend that you do that because it is well worth it. What have I got coming up this week? Well, I've got um, a strategy meeting with my agent, which is great because she's keeping me on my toes. We're looking at where she's pitching, etc., and what my responsibilities are. And that is really good. Having an agent really keeps you on the straight and narrow, I have to say. Um, I've not got anything um, on this week, really. Um, but... Um, the following weekend, I have a book signing um, for two days and then I will be putting myself into two weeks isolation for my own sake because I am actually um, trying to uh, stay away from COVID. The COVID cases are rising, so I'm trying to stay away from it. I'm trying not to get it because I will be um, flying to the United States on the 1st of August. So I've really got to take care that I don't get COVID before that. So I'm going to be in two weeks isolation. I'm being very careful wearing masks and things at the moment because I really don't want to get it before I fly out. I'm trying to keep myself COVID free. So um, that's what's happening with me. Um, I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoy I mean, doing a lot of writing and that's always a good thing. Um, and I've, uh, I love writing, so it's great to be able to bring my characters to life. Um, before I introduce you to Val, I would like to say it's an absolute pleasure to bring you this every week. I do so willingly and um, I enjoy doing it. However, it does take time out of my writing, which and uh, you can support this time if by going to patreon.com forward slash Wendy H. Jones and supporting me for just $3 a month. And it will tell me that you're very grateful uh, that it's happening. It will tell me that you like the show. And it, I will be very grateful that you've done it. I know times are hard. So if you can't afford to support me on a regular basis, then you can go to uh, my website, wendyhjones.com and support me for just a one-off couple of dollars to pay for a coffee. And you can do it that way. So either way I would be very very grateful for your support. So what of Val? Well Val is an American author living in southwest Scotland with her husband and their cat and Hunter's Rules is the sixth book in Val Penny's Edinburgh Crime Mysteries series of novels published by Darkstroke as the as the, is the first cut of the first book in the new series of Jane Renwick thrillers. She has recently contributed her short story, Cats and Dogs, to a charity anthology, Dark Scotland. Her short story, The Corpse and the Catacombs, will be published in the charity anthology, Dark Paris, shortly. Um, and Val has recently changed publishers, and we're going to talk about her experience of changing publishers today, um, so that that may help you if you're thinking of changing publishers. So without further ado, let's get on with the show and hear from Val. And we've got Val with us. Welcome, Val. Well, thank you so much for inviting me along today, Wendy. It's wet and windy here, so it's rather nice to have an excuse to sit inside and have a chat with you. <laughs> well, absolutely. It's 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 not wet and windy here. It's windy here, but it's not wet, but it's not exactly hot either, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I tell you, you can tell we're in Scotland. Now, look, I've introduced you saying you were from America, and that is not an American accent. <laughs> no, I have lived in Scotland a very long time. And indeed, it's uh, Edinburgh and uh, Scotland that my two series are um, of books are, are set in. 
So, yes, I've lived here a long time, although I have to say my children laugh at me because they tell me that as I fly west, my accent changes. <laughs> Maybe that will happen to me when I go to America. Maybe I'll be speaking with an American accent by the time I get there. Maybe you will. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're going to talk today about changing publishers because I recently, you, I know you recently have changed publishers. So I know that authors often change publishers, but I'm curious, what might be the reasons that they do this? Well, you know, each publisher offers something different to their authors, um, but what the authors want and what they need changes over time. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not unusual for, for authors to move from one publisher to another. It might be that the author has chosen to write a book in a different genre, um, and that genre is not supported by their original publisher, or simply that their support or distribution requirements change over time. There's all sorts of reasons to move. Mm. I, mean, I know somebody that's recently um, moved publishers because their publishers only did hardbacks. So there was never any paperbacks. They did hardbacks and ebooks, but there was never any paperbacks available. Gosh. So they've moved publisher. You know, so you're right. There are different reasons, and publishers do different things, and it might not suit the needs of um, everybody. So, do you mind telling us what led to you wanting to change publishers? No, absolutely. Um, when I moved to publishers, I had been with Crooked Cat and their prime uh, crime imprint, uh, Dark Stroke, for probably about seven years. Mm -hmm. And the directors there work very hard to develop a, a feeling of community amongst their authors. Mm -hmm. And they run in-house courses about, for example, um, editing, editing. Uh, algorithms and Amazon, how to use social media, all this sort of thing. And for a new author, this tuition and information is absolute gold dust. Mm. Um, and as a new author, I was very lucky to have been nurtured in that environment. However, over that period of time, I had seven fiction titles under my belt. And my professional needs began to change in a way that wasn't going to be supported by the uh, offering that Darkstroke and Crooked Cat made. Uh, and that was when I decided to make a move. Well, that sounds like a good reason, actually, because things do change. I mean, I've been doing this eight years. You've been doing it seven years. So we've got a similar, similar path, really. Mm. And you're, what you do and how you go about it changes over that time. Um, so once you'd made the decision to um, move publishers, how did you start the process? Where did you begin? I began the process of moving publishers at the beginning of this year. And oh my goodness, it's a stressful thing to do. Yeah. It's it's a bit like when you move house. Um, you know, you know you have to do it, and the ultimate benefits are going to outweigh the, the temporary anxiety, but that still doesn't take the anxiety away. Yeah. And Dark Stroke had begun to accept mainly first-time authors, and they needed a great deal of 
um, support from the directors and the team. And, and they needed a different kind of support to that that I required going forward. The in-house courses the company offered were all very familiar to me. And it became clear that for me, a move to a different publisher was going to be called for. Yeah. So how did you actually start the process of moving? I firmly believe that communication is the key. Mm. Um, I Most of my books were out of contract with, um, uh, with Dark Stroke. And so what I did was I contacted them, spoke to them, and made sure that they understood it wasn't that I was unhappy with them. There was nothing un unpleasant or untoward in the move. It was just a change of emphasis from, from my point of view. Yeah. And I mean, you've, you've alluded to this because you said that some of your books were out of contract. But one of the big issues when leaving a publisher is rights reversion. I know people have had real, real problems with rights reversion, and it can be a nightmare. In fact, I know people who've had to have the Society of Authors um, step in on their behalf. Well, not step in on their behalf because they don't do that. But they've had to step in and give them advice on what to say and what to do in order to uh, get the rights back. So how did you go about getting your rights back from the publisher for all your books? Well, they, they were still publishing the first five of my books that were out of contract. And they were doing that by agreement with me. Mm. Um, and uh, I had no problem with that and it was fine. So there were only two books, uh, the last of the Hunter series and the first of the Jane Rennick books mm -hmm. that were still in a formal contract stage. And what I did um, was, as I had been one of Dark Stroke's best-selling authors for the past five years, mm -hmm. I thought the best thing to do was to speak to them and explain my dilemma. And they were really very civilized about it. We quickly reached an amicable agreement about reversion of rights. Now, that required me to remain with them for a further quarter. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after that, the company agreed that they would allow all of my rights to revert to me at no cost. Now, that is very unusual, and I'm aware of that. Um, a charge, sometimes a very hefty charge, is required. But in this case, we had a calm discussion. Um, we, uh, uh, we discussed fully the need for a move, not really just from my point of view, but I was taking up energy in a relatively small company that could be diverted to probably two or three uh, new authors in, in a different in a different way. And the other thing I think you have to bear in mind, Wendy, publishing and writing is a very small industry. And 
you have to bear in mind that bad news travels fast, mm. as does word that you are difficult to deal with. And so no, no author or indeed publishing house wants to get that kind of reputation. My grandmother always used to say, courtesy costs nothing. And that's as true now as it was then. Mm. Yeah, I think it, you're right. It is a, it, it, courtesy and being pleasant and working with them can help. Um, and you don't want to get a, a name for being um, you know, someone that's difficult to work with, but you also want to be able to get your rights back, you know. Um, yes. But um, it seems to me that your publisher was very amicable and amenable about it all, which is great because you're right, some people charge thousands of pounds yes. for people to get their rights back, and that can be really tricky. Um, and that's where looking at your contract when you first get it comes in so useful because you need to make sure that there's a rights reversion clause in it because a lot of a lot of um not all but a lot of um contracts are coming through now with really bad terms in terms of getting your rights back so it needs to be set out clearly at the beginning and being nice and working together helps as well um yes you're right we're all part of the same business yeah yeah, and we're all trying to do our best for readers. That's what it's all about, yes. you know, and yes. sell books. <laughs> That's really and truly. Um, so once you've done that, I mean, obviously, you then need to find another publisher. How did you go about finding a new publisher? Oh, my goodness. This is truly the most stressful part of the stro- process. <laughs> I was fortunate that when it became known that I was looking for a move Mm -hmm. and that I had the rights to my whole back Mm catalogue organised and and also that I had various ideas for new books um, going forward, several publishers expressed an interest in signing me. Mm -hmm. Now, I also investigated the possibility of setting up my own publishing house. But there are so many aspects to that um, that I'm not particularly adept at. Things like cover design, editing. I truly believe you can never edit your own work. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you need a, a, a skilled and honest editor. so the publishing side of things was going to take too much of my time and my energy. So I did a bit of investigating uh, of the four uh, companies that were interested or had expressed an interest in me. And I struck a deal with Spellbound Books. They are a, they're a new company. They're based in London. They're They haven't been going terribly long, two or three years maybe, but the directors have been in the publishing industry for um, decades between them. Mm -hmm. So they have a lot of in-house expertise. They have in-house editors, in-house proofreaders, in-house cover designers. And I was aware that I just could not replicate that expertise and the vision of Spellbound uh, on my own. And they had a vision for my books going forward. And it's really exciting. The other thing that is interesting about them 
is I spoke to some of the other authors who are published by them. And what I heard was, I like what they do for me. I like the way they do it. And I like the ethics of the company. Now, I don't know about you, but I very rarely hear anybody say that they like the ethics of a company. <laughs> and indeed, Spellbound told me what they planned to do, when they planned to do it, and they have done exactly that. And it's it's very refreshing. Mm. No, I know Spellbound. They're very good, actually. I know the people that run it, and they're outstanding at what they do. So yeah. that was a good move, really. Um, and as you say, they are very ethical, and they're very knowledgeable. And I think that they only started during COVID. Yes, exactly yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. I interviewed one of the directors for the podcast. <laughs> um, uh -huh. But yes, very good publishing company. So well done. That was excellent. Oh, thank you. So I know you don't use an agent and prefer to approach publishers yourself. Why that choice? Well, I, I have briefly had agents twice in the past. Um, and I'm sure that if an author secures the services of a good agent who actively supports them and promotes their books, this can be advantageous. However, my first agent had the audacity to get pregnant and leave the business without a thought for her authors. Yes, <laughs> I dare say, exactly. I dare, I dare say if I'd been in her shoes, I'd have done the same thing. Um, the next one was much more interested in promoting herself and um, making sure that she was known to my contacts rather than working on my behalf and introducing me to her contacts. Yeah. So that was a most unhappy uh, relationship. And so I then spoke at length to a friend who worked as an agent uh, with one of the large literary agencies for many years before she changed careers. And her view was that I didn't need an agent. I've never had a problem getting publishers to accept my work. Mm -hmm. Even when I was unknown as an author, I had a choice of two publishers who were interested in working with me. So her view was that I would just be paying an agent a percentage of my income to no particularly good end. So for the meantime, I'll continue to work without an agent. Mm -hmm. You know, you're right. You need the right agent or it doesn't work. And um, I've recently signed with an agent and I did a, a podcast on it. And even her view is it has to be the right person. You yeah. know, it, it, they, from the agent's point of view, they, read the, they need the right client. The client needs the right, the, the author needs the right agent. And you need to be able to work well together without them getting pregnant. No, she never said that. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, you do need to have a good working relationship or it's not going to work on either side, really. So Absolutely. fortunate if you find the right one, and especially if they're not going to go off on maternity leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I didn't grudge um, the the first agent her maternity nearly as much as I um, grudged the second agent her attitude. Yes, yeah. But on the whole, before the people think we're picking on agents here, on the whole, agents are awesome. But sometimes you have to have the right one, you know, and 
it, it's a relationship. I know people that have had three or four agents and they say they had to move because it, the relationship wasn't working and then they eventually found one that they were able to work with. But we're digressing here, really, but it's still an interesting <laughs> discussion. Uh, yeah, I no, it, it is. It is interesting, and and as you rightly say, if you have the right agent, it's a gift. If you have a wrong agent, the wrong agent is, as with any wrong advice, is a liability. So, um, can you tell us about your books? We've been chatting about moving publishers and everything, but let us know about your books. I'd be happy to do that. I have two police procedural crime series. Um, The longer of the two is the D.I. Hunter Wilson thrillers, and they're set in Edinburgh. Um, The Jane Rennick thrillers are more generally set in Scotland, and I've done that quite deliberately because uh, Jane Rennick works with MIT with the... um, uh, major incident team yeah. uh, which is based in Gart Kosh and she has to travel the country to where the major crimes are and so I, I plan to visit all the lovely parts of the country that I haven't had a chance to visit over the last couple of years uh, in order to uh, set Jane's stories realistically. Yeah. Um, Spellbound Books have taken all of these books. They're going to publish the first um, novel, Hunter's Chase, on the 20th of August. And then the second book, Hunter's Revenge, will be available again from November. Excellent. That's really good to hear. Hey, and they're very good books, guys. The ones I've read, I've thoroughly enjoyed, you know, so well worth grabbing. So all interviews come to an end. So my last question, as always, where can my reader, readers, where can my listeners find out more about you and your books? The easiest place to find out about me and my books is on my website. And that has a most unimaginative name. It's www.balpenny.com. Oh. Hey, at least you know where you stand. Mine's wendyhjones.com, seriously. (laughs) At least you know where you're at. If it's got an imaginative name, nobody can find you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It was an absolute pleasure to have you join us today. Thank you very much, Val, and for all your insight. It's been really interesting. Well, thank you very much for having me along. I really enjoyed chatting with you, as always, Wendy. And... um, I wish you all the best going forward, too. Thank you. Yes, I like chatting to my favourite American, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. And you. Bye-bye. That brings us to the end of another show. It was really good to have you on the show with me today. I'm Wendy H. Jones, and you can find me at wendyhjones.com. You can also find me on Patreon, where you can support me for as little as $3 a month, which is less than the price of a tea or coffee. You go to patreon.com forward slash wendyhjones. I'm also Wendy H. Jones on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you found it both useful and interesting. Join me next week when I will have another cracking guest for you. Until then, have a good week 
and keep writing, keep reading and keep learning.